Welcome to Air Capital Comic Con. We are what the fanboy. My name is Luke, and this beside me is Mr. Tyler. As always, I am Mr. Tyler, and this is the beautiful Rainbow Kitty, Brett Eitzen. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Normally not um, introduced as a Rainbow Kitty, but today I guess I am. So it's a new. You. It's a new name. Why Ian, not? Ian gave me the idea. Thank you, Ian. Um, <laughs> we've got. A, a little bit of an audience today. Some uh, people who I know listen regularly. Some new faces. So thanks for checking us out. Your mic sounds quiet. I know, but you guys can hear me. Brenda says I need to be louder. <laughs> okay. Well, once again, we'll just go adjust it. Why not? It's, it's a live. It's a normal occurrence. We'll like, do it live. Yeah, We're doing it live. We're doing it live. So while Murphy's Law, that. it's gonna go wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. Classic. Brett does that. I thought that was you. Yeah. What did we hire you for? <laughs> oh, yeah, YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's worked so far. <coughs> so while Brett does that, Luke, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been doing a lot because Disney Plus came out, and I'm a sucker for Disney. been watching everything I can, Star Wars related, Mandalorian, Star Wars Rebels. I o love it. Only Star Wars related? Pretty much, yeah. Anyone else out there in the crowd get Disney Plus watching anything? Are you liking it? Thumbs up, right? Yeah. yeah. What have you watched? Okay, I watched that too. That's pretty good. I thought those dogs were funny. I really like that. I haven't watched that one yet. I haven't Check either. it out. I've just watched The Mandalorian. That's a good choice. It's a good one to start with, I think. Yep. Especially if you like Star Wars like I do. Um, what else have you been doing? That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it? Yeah. <laughs> you usually do like... 5, I used to do a lot more, but we only have an hour, so I don't want to take up the <laughs> entire hour. <laughs> since, since Luke covered uh, Disney+, Plus, I'll cover Pokemon for us. Yeah. I've been playing Pokemon Shield. Big Pokemon fan. Um, they've done a good job of really bringing in a new audience, but also keeping the old audience pleased, which has been really fun. How's it going, Ryan? <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Ryan, come hang out with us. We're peer pressuring people into watching our show now. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that sounded good. Brett, what have you been up to? I have not been uh, getting ready for the show today, honestly. Like getting our booth ready and. Have you slept? No. What is sleep? I've forgotten. Sleep's overrated. <laughs> yeah, so anything that you see here that looks super nice. Brett did with it. Us? Yeah, that was Brett. Brett does everything. <laughs> We just show up. <laughs> we try and figure it out along the way and take all the credit most of the time. Sounds good. But thank you for doing all this awesome setup, Brett, and getting, getting us here. So Absolutely. Thanks for being our, our impromptu sound guy. No problem. <laughs> so there, there's some, a few news stories we definitely wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, one of which we talked last week about Andy Serkis playing Alfred in The Batman. Yeah. Uh, that was confirmed, what, Tuesday? The day after our show? Yeah, day after our show. Um, you guys excited about that? It's Batman related. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. And kind of echoing what I said last week on the show, like Andy Serkis is a really, really talented actor. 
And so anything he's in, I'm excited for. So I think Matt Reeves is putting together a really impressive cast. I'm just wondering how he's going to mocap Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Andy Serkis is, he's the guy who did Gollum he and Caesar all your favorite and King yeah. Kong. <laughs> so He's rarely played himself. Yeah, very rarely. <laughs> Which that's what I'm most excited about is yeah. him actually playing a character, yeah. not, not wearing a motion capture suit. What else was there, Tyler? Uh, we had our first R-rated movie cross a billion dollars this weekend. What? Unheard the of. The Joker crossed a billion dollars at the global box office. That's a lot of money. Has, has anyone seen The Joker out in the crowd? Ryan's seen it. Did you like it? Okay. Good choice. Yeah. We still like you. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> um, you're going to go see it. Good. It's, it's worth seeing. I think it's, I think it's worth seeing. It has some interesting things to say about society. It has a good, it's a good commentary on our world today. Um, rather than just, it's not just like a normal traditional superhero or even anti-hero flick that we're used to with Deadpool or Venom or anything like that. So, yeah, no, I I recommend it if, I mean, if it's if you're not into R-rated movies, don't go see it. But mom, <laughs> skip we're, it, mom. We're talking to the moms out there. The moms over there, yeah. And it seems yeah, like I think it's really cool that a low, I mean, I a low budget movie like that has gotten this much attention. Yeah, it's also the most profitable movie of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not most money made, but most profitable yeah. as it relates to its budget. Uh, all the news is DC this week. I just realized that as Ooh. I'm looking at it. We're a little um, biased, I think. The Rock announced the Black Adam movie will come out December 21st, 2021. I know previously we weren't all super excited about that, but his announcement and what he had to say about the movie was pretty encouraging, in my opinion. So I'm really looking forward to it. You guys excited about that one? Yeah. Yes, I am excited now. Anything that has to do with um, that Shazam universe. I mean, I th- I think DC's moving away from the whole like you you big united cinematic universe into these kind of smaller hero stories. And um, as far as I'm aware, that will be tied in eventually to Shazam. Oh yeah. Uh, there was a Marvel story this week, actually. They announced five more movies for their future slates in their, like, 2021 and 2022. and 2023. So if you're tired of Marvel movies, <laughs> there's more. Don't you probably there's don't more. like this, but I don't know who's getting tired of them. Anyone getting tired of Marvel movies? No? Okay, good. Lots more to come, so that's exciting. <laughs> Did they announce titles or just no, dates? Just no, just but they've kind of announced some of those titles already. We know that Black Panther 2, Guardians, Guardians of the 3, Galaxy 3. Captain Marvel 2. Those are in the pipeline, yeah. so probably some of those for yeah. sure. I'm just waiting for live-action Miles Morales, and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's, that's a lot of the news from oh, this week. There was one big in the streaming. So... Oh, yeah, there was. We talked about the streaming wars, since everyone's got their own streaming service now. Um, with Disney Plus being as big as it's been and as big as it will be, uh, Netflix has partnered up with Nickelodeon to oh, bring right. a lots of kids, kid-friendly content to Netflix. So I think that's an interesting, I won't say power move, but Netflix has definitely been the market leader. And so... 
Definitely the ones that kicked it all off. Yeah. If if SpongeBob gets put on Netflix, I'll be happy. <laughs> Get ready for that Squidward spin-off series. Oh yeah, that was announced too. <laughs> on the tail end of that. SpongeBob. <laughs> don't come to the mic. <laughs> any other news stories? I don't have any. We kept no. it kind of light this week because <laughs> time we constraints. Wanna, we want to get to the meat, the meat of meat this of the week's episode. episode, which is going to be. Luke announced it. <laughs> um, we decided we all love movies. We talk about movies most of the time, and the decade is coming to an end. Is it really? It is. It's. We're going to move into 2020 here soon. <sighs> That's crazy. Where'd so, it go? So we thought we'd discuss movies from this decade that have really influenced filmmaking or decisions that are going to be made in future movies from now on. Yeah. Things, movies that have had a really large impact moving forward. Um, so, that being said, Brett. My screen isn't always on, so I keep having to unlock it. <laughs> Just use your face. <laughs> um, so one that came to mind immediately for me is Mad Max Fury Road. I thought of this one, too. Um, I knew one of you would, so I didn't say it. <laughs> you know, this was, I think this was kind of the first time in this decade, again, we're just, we're mostly talking about this decade, that we kind of had that filmmaker, original filmmaker of an IP of some sort of story come back and kind of rekindle that spark in, in that universe um, with George Miller. And I think that was really awesome. Um, additionally, we had, it's a movie called Mad Max, but Max is not the main character. We yeah. got an amazing performance out of uh, Charlize Theron as Furiosa, and she really drives that movie. Um, so even though it wasn't you know, labeled as a female-led movie, it really was. Yeah. And I think... Um, we had a lot of other movies kind of are going to be mo- have been and will continue to model after that yeah and then just like kind of I'd say not as a large of impact but I feel like action movies in general kind of have to look at that another one that I thought of was John Wick yeah um, a lot of times now when an action movie comes out you're comparing the gunplay or action beats of a movie to the movie that does it the best which is John Wick yeah like, they take all of those moments in those movies super seriously. Like, there's not very many, not very many movies. There it is. <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of movies where the gun has kickback. Or they reload. Or they reload. And that <laughs> happens all the time in that movie. And, like, I feel like as action movies now, they're taking those small details more seriously because... It's a little more authentic to the action. Yeah. You also see it more in the actors who yeah. portray those characters. They spend more time training. And also, I just kind of thought of this. I didn't have it in my notes, but you see a lot more of the actor now doing the stunt instead of a stuntman. Yeah. Like, think of, like, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. He, all, he does all of his own stunts, but, like, John Wick, or uh, Keanu Reeves in the John Wick movies, Charlie Theron in, I don't remember... It's John Wick movie, except it's Charlie's there. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, dang it. Um, but they do their own Atomic stunts. Blonde. Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, that's it, yeah. Um, so I feel like from like now actors are they're doing their own stunts mm-hmm. instead of a stuntman. And I, and I think or just women. kind of to echo on that, like the action has got more uh, visceral 
is the word I'll use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like that word in the in the in the world of superhero movies, a- anyone can take a punch, and I think we're seeing more and more kind of like what would that actually feel like? How how would someone actually react to <laughs> getting kicked in the gut? I would cry. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Can confirm. I stubbed my toe. Yesterday I typically try to stay out of fights. So. More football related. Oh, football. Yeah. <laughs> but no, John Wick is a that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what do you got? So I wanted to take it to comic book movies because those have kind of ruled this decade. Um, but two movies in particular really captured representation well, I think, mm-hmm. um, over this decade. And those two movies are Black Panther and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, both movies that are very good. Both movies that. 15, 20 years ago probably would have been pretty risky. Um, I mean, even Patty Jenkins said they were talking about Wonder Woman in 2006, and they were like, we can't do this right now. Um, I think for Black Panther, it gave people of color a chance to see themselves in a superhero, which is what we all see when we see Iron Man or probably not Batman, hopefully not Batman, but maybe Superman, being that we're in Kansas. Don't be Batman. Yeah, don't be Batman. (laughs) That's probably not a good choice. Um, But it allowed... You might need to go see a doctor. <laughs> um, but no, I think it allowed people of color to see themselves in a superhero for the f- really the first time. I mean, yes, they had Blade, but Black Panther was a little more hopeful. It made $1.3 billion. Well, it got, it's a Marvel it got, movie. It had an audience. Yes, it had a great audience. And it had a good awards push, Yeah, um, which was really good for superhero movies in general. So huge impact for that whole industry. Um, but then it's kind of the same story with Wonder Woman. For, for women, I mean, they get to see themselves in a superhero, which really hadn't been done effectively yeah. until yeah. this decade. Yeah, so like, it had been done with Halle Berry's Catwoman or we don't talk about the Electra movie, movie <laughs> or you could say even, like, the Underworld or Resident Evil movies. Right, but Wonder Woman... None of them had really been received well or successful, and, I don't know, you get on a comment thread on the internet and people are like, oh, this is never going to work. Well, it works now. And it works great. Look where we are now. There's lots, lots of these are coming out. Like we've got Captain Marvel out, Captain Marvel Two coming out. Wonder there's Woman. Gonna, there's going to be an A Force movie eventually. We've got a, a Harley Quinn led movie. Birds of Prey. Birds yeah. of Prey. So now it's everywhere, and it just it set the tone for now. Like yes, this is going to work. Yeah, it, it paved the way. I'd like to also echo on both of those, like their respective creative teams. Um, specifically like with Wonder Woman like Patty Jenkins we had a woman director and you can see the differences when you look at Wonder Woman in 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 Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman in something like Justice League and how she shot differently and like I just think that's it's really cool to maybe cool is not the right word but I think it's eye opening to see that how we visualize and look at people it, the representation matters, and same with Black Panther and uh, Ryan Coogler, like yeah. directing it. Mm-hmm. Love Ryan Coogler, coming back for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Can I have Emma McKay please come up to the headquarters table? These announcements are overshadowing us. <laughs> They're stealing our. They're stealing our, our show. Is it back? Is it back to me? Yeah, go for it. All right, I'm really excited about this one. Um, oh boy! Use your face. It doesn't recognize me when there's a microphone in front of my face. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ian. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to look at the world of animation, and 
storytelling and animation, and, and Pixar is probably the best out there. Um, but I was really impressed by Coco. Um, what was that? Three years ago? Sixteen, I think. Sixteen, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I cried. It. You know. I think it did a, a great job at. And and Pixar's always been good at this, but I think it almost hit a reset button for. Let's look at a, a culture outside of the United States. You know what we think of as traditional Disney princesses in the stories, and let's you know really embrace that culture. Um, let's uh, music's amazing. I think it deals with topics that are usually avoided in children's movies. That like, how do you deal with death and the your own mortality, those kinds of things. Um, and of course, it's beautiful. Pixar yeah. movies are always beautiful. I feel like you could just say Pixar in general. Yeah. They're always upping the game of animation. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff they produce is gorgeous. Toy Story 4, like when the rain is going, <laughs> falling down the car, you're just like, yeah, it looks real. That's real, right? Yeah. They shot that outside. They just put toys <laughs> in front of it. That's insane. I didn't have much more to add. I think oh. Coco's amazing. Funny story about Coco. <laughs> Uh, Luke and I and one of our other friends, we went and saw that movie on a Monday night, and we were the only adults yeah. in there outside us, of parents. Us three adults and maybe eight kids, like, at some slumber party. Yeah, they were in their pajamas. <laughs> and the movie ends, and if you've seen Coco, it's pretty emotional. And uh, it's three grown men sitting down in the middle of the theater uh, crying at the end of the movie, and all these kids are running out, like, cheering. <laughs> And I was like, man. We had, we had to wait till they leave. <laughs> we had to hide our face. Before we could show our faces. Uh, but that just speaks to how Pixar is able to capture both yeah. audiences, too. Agreed. Luke, um, what you got? So the next one that I have is Deadpool. Mm, you stole one off my list. You monster. Suck it. <laughs> um, so forever, it was impossible to make an R-rated comic book movie. Yeah. And then Ryan Reynolds really pushed for Deadpool to come out, and he said, we're only making it R-rated. Now you have Deadpool 2, Logan, Joker, a version of Batman v Superman, Birds of Prey coming out. And Joker has made a billion dollars now. Yeah. And Deadpool was the first one, and it proved that an R-rated movie can make a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and it can work as a, com- a comic book movie can be rated R. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really true. Another thing that I think it really popularized is fourth the like breaking. embracing the meta of fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Yeah, fourth wall breaking. Like <laughs> let's talk about our own movie or let's talk about other movies in by our studio. By our studio or in the com- a competition, right? In Deadpool 2, they're like so dark. Sure what is the-, the DC universe? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I totally agree. It's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's back to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I want to. I, I think Spider-Man: Homecoming can land on this list. Um, I think Spider-Man: Homecoming was the first time we saw two competitive studios share a property and make a successful movie and move forward with that plan. Lose that plan and realize <laughs> we, we should probably stick with this. I made a mistake. Yeah, we should stick with this because the fans are all losing in this battle. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so no, Spider-Man Homecoming, just for that reason alone, having two major studios work together to, to put out something for fans. Like, yeah. fan service has always been kind of a thing that people take negatively. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the best kind of fan service and the kind of fan service we would look for from all studios. Agreed. When, when you've got a movie that is this, or a, a, at this point, two movies that are so well-received, um, at, not only at the box office, but critically as well, I think it's important to acknowledge that teamwork is good um, and you shouldn't try and just stick it to the man so you can get a few extra dollars. I mean, it's the man versus the man, but... You, use the buzzword synergy. People like that word. Ooh, synergy. <laughs> That's the word of the day. Oh, boy. Do we ever have synergy? No. That's what makes our podcast special. You you have all the synergy. <laughs> Luke and I just show up, as noted. Um, the other th- thing about... Um, not uh, not Spider Verse, Far From Home or Homecoming. Um, I think is just. I, I think I know what you're gonna say. Sorry. No, I want to. Okay. We're gonna talk time. about how it's like the first movie in a series, but it's not exactly an origin story. Yeah. Because that's so, a cool trend. No more origin stories. We. I get for that, a bit. I get that. Every once in a while, you need to kind of reset and understand that there is a new audience who hasn't seen enough of a character to really understand where they're from. Origin stories are good once every 10 years. You need an origin story for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Or, or characters who you haven't seen on the big screen. Batman? No. We all know Batman's origin story. We're all aware. We don't need to see it again. <laughs> I don't know it. Can you tell me it? <laughs> you have Batman Look, on your lanyard. I, <coughs> I got all the DC. You should tell me all their origin stories. Nope. Okay. We Not don't happening. have time for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think that it was nice and very refreshing just to kind of jump into Spider-Man and see him becoming that becoming that character in a new way that isn't just the rehash of the Uncle Ben and yada yada. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mad mad props to them for that. They still casted like a 21 year old to play a child. That's never going away. Yeah. <laughs> That trend has not been bucked yet. Um, I've got one more on my list. Okay. That I, that I really want to talk about, and that is Get Out. Yes. Um, one of the best movies of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, it, for me, being someone who is in a place who hasn't dealt with a lot of... <laughs> race issues to I mean I'm trying to put it lightly right um, I just didn't grow up in that kind of world I thought it was a really interesting look at what systematic racism is in, in almost a little more of a allegorical way I mean literal as well but like kind of that normalizing of oh hey you know I I would have voted for Obama if he could have run, had a third term or whatever. Like those kind of comments, layered upon each other, throughout this film, along with some amazing um, imagery to back that up. I think, like, did a lot to kind of revitalize the horror slash suspense genre, which, in and of itself, kind of got a reboot 
even earlier in the decade with like the conjuring but yeah, that's next on my list too. I, yeah. I think it said it it's set apart from just like the classic jump scare horror and I, and I love that about it creating horror movies that have more than just scares and actually having a story yeah and layered characters and the conjuring has launched one of the most profitable horror universes mm-hmm. ever yeah and that like it kind of goes into another one of mine which is the avengers mm. not a very small movie <laughs> um it proved a cinematic universe can work and make a billion dollars Every time. Then after that, we got the Dark Universe, which failed. (laughs) DC has been trying to do it, and they've failed. Um, The Conjuring has kind of done it. X-Men has kind of done it, but they're part of Marvel now. So, I mean, everybody's trying to make movies like TV shows now. I mean, even even, uh, after we saw Us, which is Jordan Peele's second movie, uh, not second movie ever, but... Second feature. Second feature. Everyone was like, how is it connected to Get Out? He's like, it's not. And so just the fact that you can go to a movie and you almost expect it these days to be interconnected with another work of that filmmaker or studio is, I think that you're right. That's a trend that Marvel and the Avengers. And and now what does everybody do at the end of a movie? They watch the credits because of the Avengers movies. Who all sits sits through the credits now to just to see? Yep. Yep. Yep, yeah. We do it. And too. now when there's not one, people are, ah, oh, what? Why is there no post-credit scene? Or like, now IGN always tweets out, is there a post-credit scene at the end of It Chapter 2? Well, then like, you had to read like three paragraphs just to get a yes right. or a no answer. Or you just follow <laughs> film clickbait. Film clickbait. Best Twitter account there is. <laughs> they will read the article for you and tell you yes or no. One of, one of our favorite things to do during the credits, while we're waiting, we like to read and appreciate everyone who made the movie, but we like to find the most ridiculous name. Yes. So next time you're there waiting for that post credit scene, there's some, there's some fun names out there. Yeah, there is. There's also some great titles for people's roles in movies, like Best Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, they're not wrong when at like the end of the movie they're like, don't pirate this. It's, you know, it helps support 10,000 jobs. Like, there's a lot of jobs, and some of them are kind of funny. <laughs> And good music during credits. Typically, there's Usually good music at the, in the credits. Um, Did you guys have any others? I kind of got some honorable mentions. Um, one being Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like everybody's kind of copying that tone and the stylish use of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but like now movies are like, oh, it's going to be this universe's suicide, or, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like what they said with Suicide Squad. Or- yeah. Like, I feel like, oh, it's this universe's it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's this universe's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, we, and, you know, those team up movies, I think for a long time people avoided them just because of how complex they were. The only one who really didn't avoid it was X Men. Yeah. Yeah. X Men so, always, just straight you, up. You had some, like, you know, Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> you had some kind of, like, typically they're heist movies and. You've got a, a, a superstar cast of cast. S- superstars. No, absolutely. And here they're like, here's this guy you may have seen in Jurassic World, Chris Pratt, and you know him from Parks and Rec. And then a, a wrestler, Dave Bautista, uh, and uh, I guess Zoe's though. pretty big. Was pretty pretty big at that point. But 
Um, a Groot. A Groot. Oh, Groot. <laughs> a Vin Diesel. Starring a, a Vin tree. Diesel and Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. So they had some decent names attached, but mm-hmm. no, I, I would agree with that. That was definitely the movie that came out of like left field, though. Yeah. Like nobody expected that to be good, except for the people that were a part of it. Um, then my other honorable mention is Inception. Um, no. The use of s- still using practical effects. Um, being really big. Nolan is a huge guy about that. Mm-hmm. But then also, Hans Zimmer introduced the <laughs> in the soundtrack. <laughs> now everybody does it. Kind of like Junkie and his drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lay off the drums, Junkie. Jeez Louise, it's getting out of control. I think another one we've talked about is The Force Awakens. Yes. And kind of like these sequels that come 20 years later diving back into this universe with a whole new cast of characters um that's becoming more popular i mean star wars obviously has the easiest gateway into that but yeah there are other universes that will be doing that i'm sure at some point 40 years from now marvel will be doing that where we'll see chris evans as an ancient person i think it also redefined what a blockbuster movie is because at this point in time if like the bar for you know monetary success has been set to a billion dollars <laughs> if your movie doesn't make a billion dollars you failed that's not true you don't have to make a billion dollars but that is that's kind of the just make a social movie. media <laughs> voice yeah um but this year alone disney has four already five and they've probably got two Five more. with one more coming? At least one, maybe two. What's the other one? I think Frozen 2 could make a billion. Oh, yeah, Frozen 2. I hope not. So, yeah, I, I just think for The Force Awakens and kind of redefining what a blockbuster is. And I, you could maybe make the, uh, the case that Avatar did that first, but I think that was such a... But that was one in 2009, so we can't talk about yeah, that's it. Right. We're talking about this decade, Brett. <laughs> oh, you're right. My bad, my bad, my bad. Um... Refraining from making an old joke. Oh, yeah. I am the old man on the podcast. He is. Um, we've, oh. <laughs> we've talked about some movies, but there's some other things this decade that have really impacted their landscape. Um, one yeah. huge one is Fortnite. Oh, in the gaming world. In the gaming world. Fortnite yeah. has completely changed the landscape. Love it or hate it, you have to admit that Fortnite has really changed everything. Everything. The way people roll out content. The yeah. way people free games, yeah, free to play more popular on, now. You know, free to play was popular on mobile, right? But not on console or PC, well, and that's and it, completely changed. And I mean, now you see studios aren't afraid to jump into the free to play, like right. EA with Apex Legends. Yep. jumped in. Also, microtransactions yeah. changed completely. And this, going off that, Star Wars Battlefront Two changed it for the opposite. <laughs> now, because of Star Wars Battlefront Two, everybody's like, "Is there microtransactions? Nope. Oh, good. I'll buy it then." <laughs> Does Luke, you've been playing the new Star Wars. Does it have oh, any Fallen micro, Order? Does it have microtransactions? I haven't. I've only played two hours of it, so I don't really know. Oh, okay. He but that game is awesome. He just hit A and started playing right away. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, um, another one, uh, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix changed the Netflix game. Netflix was the first profitable streaming service, I guess. Profitable um, is um, debatable. Debatable, How, yes. However, popular, we'll say. Successful. Yeah. I mean, you can be successful without being profitable. But now there's 
every single studio has a streaming service with more to come. Yeah. NBC is going to have one, and then Warner Brothers has theirs still to come out. Guys, look at that Predator mask. Oh, that is an amazing that is, that is awesome. cosplay back there. Also, I'm digging that Hellboy. Looks awesome. You guys look great. You look sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was distracting. It looked awesome. <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah, that's that's my role here. Um, the other but, one. But just to go off on, you know, that Netflix tangent, even that's invaded into the gaming world with EA Access, Xbox Game Pass, Stadia. Uh, play Stadia. Well, <laughs> I think you still have to, don't you still have to play? It's a subscription. It, yeah, the, streaming. Subs the subscription service uh, model is here probably to stay, at least for a while. Mm -hmm. There was another subscription service that failed, but also kind of changed the landscape it for did. things. It did, yeah. Brett was a big fan of it. Who all? Who else had Movie Pass when it Did came out? Did anybody get Movie Anyone Pass? Else? Movie Pass? Yeah. Just us. Yeah. <laughs> we bit. We I had bit it for that. a week. It, it was died. Fun. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. It was fun to watch it week to week towards uh, the end. Yeah, but it you know in the context of how it changed things, both AMC and Regal, who are the two biggest movie theater chains in, in the, the U.S. US um, both have their own kind of model of that. It's like an in-house subscription. You can pay I, in this you. area. You can pay like the 19 bucks a month and get to see unlimited movies. And if you want to go see it in IMAX or Screen X or whatever, you can pick up more. It's a surcharge, but and I love it. <laughs> yeah, we use it a lot. Luke uses it the most. I for use sure. it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely use it the most. What about TV? Or TV shows, because there's one that comes to the front of my mind. Is it Game of Thrones? It's Game of Thrones. Creating the blockbuster television series? Yeah. I think we had... In the, in the, in the age of streaming, I think shows like The Office or Friends have kind of dominated as these like cultural touchstones that we can go back and rewatch and we lost that week to week interaction at the water cooler it talking brought it about back. a certain show. Oh my gosh, did you see who died this week? Every week. <laughs> I was to say every week. Every week. Uh, so shout out to Game of Thrones for doing that even if they kind of slipped and fell at the end. Yeah. <laughs> slipped and fell is a nice way of putting it. We'll be generous, merciful. There's another uh, show that spawned a series of shows, yeah. and I think kind of ushered in superhero television as a whole, and that, that's Arrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Regardless of how you feel about that show, whether you like it or not, or the shows that have come from it, Arrow was kind of the, the opening act for everyone. Arrow brought The Flash in. Um, Arrow brought in Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. I would even say Daredevil on Netflix. Kind of season one of Daredevil kind of mirrors what yeah what Arrow was. We got any CW Arrowverse people? Anyone? Yeah, nice. We got one. <laughs> I'm with you. I like that stuff. You don't like it? You don't, <laughs> that's okay. It's almost over for now. <laughs> but no, it, it just did a really good job of, of opening that door for TV shows and yeah. superheroes. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it, personally. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. Okay. So, real quick, anyone in the crowd have anything, movies, video games, comics, TV, that you feel like really influenced, I don't know, it doesn't even have to be the world, but like that stuck with you, that was influential to you? Or impactful to you. Impactful yeah. in any way. Any, anyone have anything? 
cue the Jeopardy. I get shaking his head again. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? You don't know. You don't have a favorite movie? They're all good. Hey, that's all. That's my wife is the it. same way. She just goes into and tries to enjoy everything, which I do think is like. I think we live in an age where we like to yell about things. <laughs> I hate this, and so therefore I must be loud about it. And, and also, my opinion is the only is correct, <laughs> and yours is wrong. Just sign a petition about it. Yeah. Um, Already did. But <laughs> but all kidding. in all, I do think it is more in enjoyable to enjoy things like if you go in with the mentality that like I want to like this I think that helps so I like your I like your viewpoint that's Thumbs the up way to me. do it Ooh, Thor Ragnarok complete I love what it was. Ragnarok Thor Ragnarok was one of my least favorite movies when it came out because I was not prepared for the tonal switch, you know, Thor 1 and 2 were so serious. And... Yeah. I thought the tonal switch saved Thor. It did. Ultimately. I couldn't stand Thor before that movie. And now he's, like, my favorite. One of my favorites in the MCU. Yeah. I don't like that movie. Still don't like that movie. You're wrong! (laughs) But I like Cork, so I got that. (laughs) Do love Cork. Need more Cork. Cork is the best. Do we want to open it up for questions? All right. One of the things we do at the end of every episode is we have this thing called the fan box. And that's where you guys can ask us questions. And they don't have to be related to Marvel or games or anything like that. One of the questions we got is, was, um, is cereal soup? Quick vote. Is cereal a soup? Yeah. Is cereal a soup? Yes. Yes? No. no. All right, nose. I like you. All guys. right. <laughs> I think the Especially nose you, Tyler. just outweighed it. <laughs> <laughs> we so, talked like for 30 minutes one time about this. We did. So and that's then a we good kept example. arguing about it like we, after. We still argue about <laughs> it. We do still argue about it. It still comes up from time to time. <laughs> oh, it's a, a stew. stew. <laughs> now that's I don't I don't that's know. That's interesting. Think so. No, I like that perspective. Do you like cold stew? <laughs> We're thinking about. <laughs> so it's badly made stew. It's poorly made. Okay. I can make a mean bowl I can get of cereal. On with that. It's like the only thing I can make. Today was the first day I ate breakfast in like six months. So <laughs> I'm glad you did. You probably would have fainted by now up here. Life's going well for you, isn't it? <laughs> Tricks on you. I fainted already before we got up here. Do we? Do, do we, we have, have any any questions? I will, I will bring the mic to you. Yes, you in the front. It. No, we'll just repeat it. <laughs> so the question is, with the... In light of the launch of Disney+, Plus, should audiences be able to see an entire back catalog, including things that might be insensitive or offensive, um, such as Song of the South. Is that on there? Is it on there? I don't think it's on there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
That's a good question. I do know that, like, if you go and you want to watch the original Peter Pan or the original Lady and the Tramp, where there's some questionable moments in them, <laughs> um, if you go to the synopsis at the bottom, it says, this was made at a different time, and we're sorry about that. They like um, have disclaimers. Yeah, they have some disclaimers. Song of the South, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I lean more towards no. Yeah. That, that's not that's not necessarily a right. I think you're what you're paying for is not the entire catalog, but the catalog they choose to release. Um, there's there maybe could be a business debate about that, um, but I do think specifically when it comes to uh, films or content that has really it's not questionable it's just bad stuff in it um i think that's okay to leave off yeah um, i think it's a good business decision yeah to leave that off and especially when you've got this is this is a service that's really like it's for families it's really family oriented um if you I, I'm not saying you should take it out of like the Library of Congress or something like that. Like that's, I think it's important historically to keep that stuff around so that we can learn from it, uh, but not just have it on a, my child can come across it and play it and ingest that um, and think that's okay. Yeah. I think Brett nailed it. That was a great answer, Brett. The Mandalorian? Mandalorian is sick. You have you seen it, it yet? Yeah. It's awesome. First two episodes of The Mandalorian are out, and we won't do any spoilers, but... I'm an episode behind. Have you watched both of them? Is the second one better than the first? <laughs> I, like this, I like the second one more, mainly because I, I love Jawas. <laughs> so. Spoiler, there's Jawas. <laughs> yeah, there's Jawas. Sorry, I ruined the whole episode. Ugh, another announcement. Oh, so that's why everyone's here to see Midnight Supernova. I, I see it. how it is. We're stealing the views. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, we should have grabbed some distance. Cards. I know. We'll announce our no, we'll, just, we'll just. Do we have any other questions before we wrap wrap it up? Oh, what's up? Yeah, you first. Oh my! Biggest. I know my two favorites. Like eight bit specifically. Go and for it, Tyler. RPG. RPG. Oh. Um. Yeah, Undertale's huge. Yeah. Um, for me recently, I, I, I don't think I've played enough to give you a really good answer on that. But for me recently, I would probably say Octopath Traveler. Mmm. Um, I think it brought it back in a triple-A way that hasn't been done in a long time. Um, another really good pixelated game, and it's not an RPG, I think, is Celeste. Yeah. In a game Celeste. that deals with awesome. very important issues in a very fun way and challenging way, which the issues it deals with are challenging. Um, and I think that game does a good job of capturing that. Yeah. Um, but as far as... I, I don't know that there's anything that would rival Undertale right now that I can think of. <laughs> Um, and I think that's getting a sequel, isn't it? 
they're adding more. I know that more is it's happening. It's either getting that. extra content or a sequel. Or a sequel, yeah. So that's a Which good question. Cool. What's your favorite? Pocket Bear? Ah, all right. I've never heard of that. I'll have to check that out. It's a good question. <laughs> good a question great question over question. here. <laughs> ah. Oh. Ooh, bet. What Which it, live wh- action version of the Joker do we think is the best? <laughs> oh. It's got to be live action, so you can't. Can't pick Mark Hamill. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, ah, this is a tough question. My favorite is still Heath Ledger. Uh, the Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies. Um, I wasn't really expecting to be so just like thrown off guard by such a great performance from Heath Ledger. And he really drives that movie. All props go to Walking Phoenix. I just like Heath Ledger's more. And it's one of my favorite movies, so I'd go with Heath. I'd say as the Joker, I'd say I'd agree with you and say that Heath. However, as performance, a performance, I think Joaquin Phoenix is, he just blew my mind in terms of that character. But the challenging part is that character is, is so much, is not the Joker, the most of that movie. Right. So. Um. Yeah, I, I think I land where Brett lands. I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance is the best as the Joker, um, but I think Heath Ledger's Joker is probably my favorite. Um, my problem with Heath Ledger's Joker is I was rooting for him. Mm. So, and I don't think you should ever root for the Joker. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I think something can also be said for Cameron Monaghan's Joker on Gotham. Also mm. very good. I didn't really watch that show too closely, but... I always kind of paid attention to his Joker. He was a lot of fun. He was good. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job. He played like four versions of it. Yeah, he did. It was a different take. Yeah. Which is good. Don't need to do the same thing every time. Any oh. other questions? One more question. Any yeah. anyone? Do one last question. The burning question that's that's. And if not, me. that is all fine. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for coming to our panel or. The next, the next one that uh, <laughs> just happening to be here. Um, we are What the Fanboy. You can find us down at booth 55, kind of just right down the middle down there. Um, on the end. On the end. Yeah, we'd love to chat with you guys about anything. Tyler's going to be playing Pokemon, yep. the new one. So you can uh, You can find our podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Spotify. Um, the new Google Podcast. The new Google Podcast. Too. We also do a live stream of our show Monday nights at 8 p.m. on YouTube. Yep. You can find us anywhere at uh, What the Fanboy practically. Yeah. Um, and if you want like links to everything, you can just go to whatthefanboy.com. All your links are there. Yep. So everything. Thank you, you guys need. so much. Yeah, we also have merch. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> uh, and the links are on the on the website. We'll also have some shirts on display at our booth if you want to check them out. Um, Until next time. Yep. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Thank you, guys. It was See, a lot really of fun. appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to Air Capital Comic Con. 
Um, We're really glad that we can be here to do a live show for you guys. Thanks for coming out and listening. Um, we are what the fanboy. <laughs> we beat you. We can't compete with this. And that is our intro. Do we need to be louder? We need to be a little louder. All right. That's all right. I got this. Go fix it, Brett. This is a normal occurrence on we the show, jumped, too. We jumped to the gun anyways. So. Yeah. Better? Okay. Is that better? You go. Better? Check. Check. English is my second language. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that words are hard, and we just need to enunciate. Enunciate. Luke, you need to take your normal speed and oh, reduce no. it by about, what, <laughs> 0.75? Oh, no. I talk too fast. This is not going to go well. All right. <laughs> Let's try it again, though. <laughs>